Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. HousingWire Daily examines the most compelling mortgage, real estate, and fintech articles reported from the HousingWire newsroom. Each afternoon, the HW Digital team provides our listeners with a deeper look into the stories that are helping move markets forward. Hosted and produced by Alcina Lloyd and Victoria Wickham. And now, here's our host. Pulled from the hottest topics coming across our news desk, I'm Victoria Wickham, and this is Housing Wire Daily. Today's episode features an interview with Perry Robar, the founder and CEO of DV01. In this episode, the 2020 HW Tech Trendsetter discusses this year's fintech market, as well as this company's latest acquisition of Pragmic Technologies. But before we listen... Here's a brief word on HousingWire's newest podcast. Right now, more than ever, the housing industry has been having honest conversations about how race impacts the home buying process. To heighten the discussion, HousingWire is launching Honest Conversations, a new mini podcast series to examine the state of minority home ownership in America. For eight weeks starting in February, please join Housing Wire Daily each Wednesday as we aim to provide listeners with a greater perspective on how race, housing, and wealth intersect and what experts are doing to close the home ownership gap. Hello, Housing Wire listeners. Today, I'm joined with Perry Robar, the founder and CEO of DV01. Thanks for joining us on Housing Wire Daily, Perry. Thanks for having me. Of course. Listeners today, Perry, who was recently awarded a 2020 Housing Wire Tech Transcender Award, will be speaking to us about what he envisions for the fintech market this year. Perry, I want to start off this interview by better introducing you to our listeners. I know you were formerly an MBS trader at Bear Stearns and J.P. Morgan Chase, but can you tell us about yourself and how you found yourself in the fintech landscape? Yeah, I kind of stumbled across it. Um, I started my career in trading and for the most part, the, during my tenure run at both Bear Stearns and, and J.P. Morgan, which um, lasted throughout the financial crisis, I was always frustrated with the technology that we had, and um, most importantly, the accessibility to data. It just wasn't a thing, and I think it really made things worse during the crisis because people were really scrambling to understand what was going on within these bonds. Um, and I left trading. I wanted to do something more entrepreneurial. I, I just didn't know what, and this was 2013. Um, And I stumbled across the online lending market. And that was kind of where I saw a a new batch of originators and issuers into the capital markets that were doing things a little bit differently. And and primarily, they were making a lot of data available to investors where historically, issuers were, were, uh, you know, trying to make as little data as possible available. Um, And I thought it was an opportunity where we could build a new infrastructure for the structured product markets, um, starting with these specific issuers, predominantly in the consumer unsecured market, 
uh, from the ground up, making it a data first approach um, and then building all the tools that people need on top of the data and, and kind of really having a holistic platform. All right. Thank you for diving deeper on your background. And as I mentioned, you were recently awarded a 2020 Housing Wire Tech Transcender Award. Trendsetter Award. How did you feel when it was announced? I mean, I felt great. It was it was a it was a proud moment. You know, I, I've um, I feel like in many ways I, I walked away from from the markets from a trading standpoint, and I guess I walked in a giant circle and arrived right back at them, but coming from a different angle. Um, and and to really see what we've built starting to have an influence within those markets and and you know the adoption that we've gotten and how much some of our customers have come to, to depend on what we do. And I think that's what the award really reflected for me. So it was just a really proud, reflective moment. Well, it's a really uh, happy moment for Housing Wire. We're so happy to be able to give you that award. And now I want to switch focus and dive a little deeper on your company. The company recently acquired Pragmic Technologies following its Series B3 funding round. Can you tell us a little bit about the series and the services it offers and why Pragmic Technologies fits perfect into this business model? Yeah. So my vision for DVO1 and, and kind of what the whole company is aligned around is getting to a point and I'd say we're still a number of years away from it where um, we, we are what anyone in the structured products market spends most of their day on. And so that means that we have to have all the data that's out there across every asset class, whether it's, you know, portfolio level data, securitization data, market data sets, we have to have it across uh, consumer, student, uh, autos, and mortgage, mortgage being the biggest one. Um, we've been focused on non-agency mortgages to date. And, you know, we've, we've been continuing to make some progress there, but we never really had an agency strategy. Um, and when when I met Charlie, who was one of the founders of Pragmic, and, and he had this idea for how he thought he could, um, you know, disrupt the agency market, made a ton of sense to me um, and, and complemented what we do. Because at the end of the day, across all these sectors, you're selling to the same institutions, just different desks within them. And we've already built that, I would say that brand awareness, and in many cases, commercial relationships with all these different institutions. So for us to add on another offering in an asset class, it's a lot easier than someone getting off the ground themselves because there's just a, a long, long time that's involved to to get up to you know get up to doing business with a lot of these these institutions because they're massive. So um, we were excited about it, and it also gave us beyond just a, an offering in agencies, uh, it gave us the ability to really have a, a serious ESG strategy, which is something that um, you know everyone's focused on right now and is and is kind of taking the market by storm. And I think we're going to be at the forefront of that. And I think that's something that's that's also really exciting and also something that uh, gives us a new sense of mission that we've we've never had in, in doing technology work for structured products. You know, you never really think you have the ability to influence um, from from kind of like a mission oriented standpoint like that. It had to be an exciting time and our industry loves hearing about acquisitions. Now, this question is probably the biggest question thus far. Can you explain to us how DVO One navigated last year's tumultuous market? I imagine the COVID nineteen pandemic had an impression on the fintech market, much like every other sector in the nation. Yeah, I think um, everyone kind of had a very scary, uh, uncertain moment where they didn't really know what the future was going to look like and what it meant for them. And and you know, as as a CEO of any company, large or small, that's that's definitely an uncomfortable time. Um, for us, it it. it hit even harder because we got to a crisis moment where 
there was a ton of uncertainty around how loans would uh, perform. And we kind of decided to make it our full priority to inform the market on how things were progressing and starting with the consumer market where we had the most data and we were getting it on a real-time basis. So we started putting out COVID reports, what we called our COVID insight reports on a biweekly basis and showed real-time insights into how consumers were uh, repaying their loans. Um, and I think that gave people a lot of confidence in what was going on in the markets. It allowed them to continue to invest in, in, in a lot of the uh, platforms that were originating loans, um, not just kind of totally you know, sell off their bonds and walk away from the market altogether. And that was a proud moment for us. That was kind of the moment that we were building this company for. I mean, it wasn't a prolonged crisis. It felt like it only lasted for a month, a three weeks where everyone was freaking out about the markets and then everything took off. But um, I think it was a really rewarding and fulfilling experience for us. And from a business standpoint, we still grew a ton last year. Um, you know, we didn't grow as much as we originally anticipated, but still a significant amount of growth um, for a startup. And, and we were really happy about that. All right. And for my last question, I want to ask, how do you think the fintech market will fare this year? Data shows the pandemic's impact on the housing market varied from segment to segment. But what I want to focus on is the unique challenges the fintech and capital markets faced and what's likely to come. Yeah, I mean, I think fintech is such a broad term. Um, you know, we are in the capital market side, which is very different from consumer facing applications. But I think what I think if we you know go out a number of years and look back, I think for fintech as a whole, this pandemic has just accelerated trends that were, you know, were going to happen at some point, but accelerated a lot of growth within a certain year where everyone is kind of forced to a digital only environment. Um, and so whether that's originating, uh, taking out loans online, um, managing your, your, your personal finances, um, all of it. And, and I think digital solutions were, were really depended on. So, and data became a, a lot more important, definitely in some parts of the capital markets where we operated and really understanding what was going on. So I think when, when we're free and clear of this moment, we'll look back and think of, of it as a real paradigm shift moment. Well, Perry, thank you for joining us on Housing Wire Daily. We hope to hear from you soon. Thanks so much for having me. Take care. Now more than ever, the housing industry is looking to its leaders for answers. That's why each week, the Housing News Podcast invites a new mortgage, fintech, or real estate executive to the show to provide its listeners with more perspective on the announcements and news stories crossing Housing Wire's news desk. Hosted by Sarah Wheeler and produced by Alcina Lloyd, the Housing News Podcast is now available on iTunes, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and more. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and we'll catch everyone back here again tomorrow.